Trammell and Chin team up once more. Dug again by Hornung. Maybe her best one yet. Right side to Cleveland. Tools the block of Farmer. Both comes and catches the back row. Second ace of the set for the Boilermakers, and they close it out, 25-20. Grace Cleveland goes cross-court. Grace Cleveland wins the match and propels Purdue to elite status. Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast. Corey Palm alongside head coach Dave Shondell. Uh, coach, 2-0 on the weekend. Before we get to the match play and, and what you liked about uh, the performance and what you maybe learned about your team, uh, the moment for the moment of the weekend for me was, was the first... Right at the beginning of Friday night, when public address announcer Carson Tucker uh, lets loose with a welcome back yeah. to Beelan Court, uh, I got chills. Uh, I don't know if if you were in a position to to, to hear that, to under you know to, to feel that or not, but uh, just overall to have 2,500 people pack that gym a couple ta- a couple times this week, uh, just summarize that for me. Pretty pretty dramatic moment. Uh, for those that love Purdue volleyball and love sports and miss the opportunity to watch them. I didn't see a football game live. I, last year I didn't see a basketball game live uh, here at Purdue. Uh, probably could have if I would have pushed the envelope, but um, you know, didn't think it was the time or the place. So, uh, But you know, Carson hit it right on the head and the crowd responded really well to his uh, you know, commentary about welcome back and to have it packed to the rafters. Um, made it even more unique. You, you couldn't have couldn't have found a, 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 a seat available. There wasn't a, a spot anywhere anybody could have sat. So it was just packed, and the crowd was great, and the students came out in full force. And then they actually were stronger the next day, or two days later mm-hmm. when, when Kansas came in. They may have learned a few things that first night against uh, LMU, and then they came back. And, man, if we can discontinue that throughout the season, it will be one tough place for people to come in and play. No doubt about that. Uh, let's go ahead and get to the action on the on the floor. LMU came in, like you said, Friday night, season opener. Um, took a set off you guys. Played real tough. I, I think that's a team that's that's going places this year and, and in the coming years. They looked they looked impressive. You guys looked you know, more impressive. One in four uh, and, and really kind of pulled away in the fourth set uh, to a degree. Uh, what did you like about uh, Friday night? We just hung in there. Um, you know, we were down in set three after losing set two, and we were down early in set three, maybe 13-10, something like, like that. And then that was when we finally settled in a little bit and started to play, you know, more of what I expected us to be like. It was difficult because they hadn't been in that environment in so long, and they wanted to play so well for those fans that had come out to watch. And it just took a while to get their feet on the ground in, in that one. But... You know, you have to give a lot of credit to LMU. They were just about what I expected them to be, to be honest with you. We knew that they were going to be um, fast, and we knew they had some premier athletes. They had one of the a sophomore who was one of the best recruits in the country, and they've got some really fast arms. They had a player that hadn't played in a couple of years um, that came back after his playing beach and uh, had an injury, and wow, was she special. Um, and so... They were a good team, and that's the type of team that is hard to prepare for. And, you know, we're a good blocking team, but we are not that night. Mm-hmm. We had three blocks in four sets, where normally we're going to have in four sets, we might have 15 blocks. 
So that tells you how difficult they were to defend and what it was like to play on the first night of the season. We just a little bit out of rhythm, both offensively and defensively. But we pushed through it, and uh, I was proud of the way that we, we did um, to beat a good team that I think will be in the NCAA tournament. And then we had a day to recover, and I, I thought that practice that we had in between was really good because all we talked about was how poorly we did some things against LMU. Even though I understood why, it was still a moment for us to say, we're not going to be that team. You know, We're going to do this, 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 and this. And it started, I thought, with, with our blocking and being more attentive and being more aggressive and just making more plays and being the, the more assertive team and not sit back and ex expect somebody to hand us matches because we play in a league where that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. so, um, so I thought it was a really good day of practice. And then we came out and were, um, you know, we blocked the first two balls, I think, of the, of the match. And that helped set the tone that, okay, this is going to be a little bit different. Maybe that was an anomaly uh, against LMU, and now we're going to come back and be, you know, Purdue defense. Did it uh, – <clears throat> does that type of – when you come out of the gate that strong on something that you've focused on, it, you know, in the practice before, does that really – do you notice the team sort of perk up and say, okay, we're playing with more confidence, what we're, what we're trying to do is working? certainly resonated through me that, okay, I'm glad to see that because <laughs> we got their attention. And as, but you can get their attention, and if they can't do it, they can't do it. Right. Um, but, you know, we are a good blocking team. And I think, you know, Trammell got one really quick, and then uh, Caitlin Newton uh, took a cutback on a slide from their very best player who ended up going into the tank, by the way, uh -huh. hit negative. What I mean by that is she hit negative. And, and sometimes what happens early in a match can have a big impact on what, what somebody does. And, and we're a big physical team. Mm -hmm. I mean, if somebody was to talk about Purdue, they're going to tell you, man, they're big and they're physical. And um, we play big and physical. I mean, we're, you know, Taylor's not that big, but, you know, she's got long arms and she jumps well and her hands are as big as any woman I've ever seen. Yeah. So she still plays at a very big physical um, with a big physical nature. So um, I think that if, if we can block balls, then people believe that we're big. If we're not blocking balls, then, you know, they don't really care. You know, you look at Kansas's roster card, they go 6'3", 6'3", 6'2". They're not a small team, by, but uh, your point is well taken. We, we looked like a much more physically imposing team yeah. yesterday, despite, uh, you know, pretty equal size-wise. I've always felt like, and I've told teams this, that you can be 6'1", and play 5'10", or you can be 6'1", and play 6'4". It all depends on your mentality and your, the confidence level that you want to play at. And you see it all the time. And in that particular match, I thought as the match wore on Sunday, we were the 6'1 team playing 6'4", and they were the 6'1-inch team playing 5'10", right. uh, just because that was the mentality that both teams began to, uh, I guess, accept uh, as the match you know, progressed. Three set sweep of the Jayhawks. Uh, used set one was was very competitive, pretty close. Uh, used a big run in set two to pull away, and then in the third, coming out of the break, uh, just jumped jumped out early and kind of you know a couple mini runs here and there, pulled away. Not not a competitive final set. And our staff wasn't very happy at the break. Yeah, um, you know it's kind of the same thing we had seen the the, the match before. Uh, we were up two games to zero, but we were just waiting for someone to hand us points. And uh, that was a point that I made in that locker room and, and tried to get a couple of our players to, to play with a little bit more purpose and intensity and, and confidence. And I thought that they, they did. Uh, we also put you know Raven into the match mm -hmm. and Raven brings that. 
uh, it's great to have somebody can come off the bench that you you know is consistently going to raise the level of intensity and enthusiasm and especially at home get that crowd base and it's the colvin factor i call it you know and and they recognize who she is and what she can do and they, they enjoy watching her play doesn't mean that she's the best one of the two best middles yet because she's not if she was she'd be starting she's still got a lot of work to do to, to improve her knowledge of the game and how to read uh, offenses and move and adjust, but um, she certainly is uh, loaded with talent and is going to have uh, a lot of good years here. You mentioned coming into the season the depth in the middle. Raven certainly as as the number three option there at the at, at the moment. It, you got a ton of production from that group this weekend. Uh, like you said, Taylor had a great match. Jail Johnson uh, was was a big contributor both nights, both on the attack and the block. Just uh, is it kind of uh, I know they don't get a ton of opportunity, but they're they're very efficient and, and very effective. They're getting more now. I, I think as Haley um, respects their ability more, and, and I'll speak about Taylor in particular. Taylor was more of a designated blocker a year ago. We got her the ball some, but she she did not transition fast enough or hard enough. Uh, in practice or in matches, for Taylor to feel conf- or for Haley to feel confident that Taylor was going to be up all the time, and when you set middles, they've already got to be up. They've got to be committed that they're going to be there and be up in the air when when you touch the ball. And uh, now all of a sudden, Taylor has become a player you can count on uh, offensively as well as defensively. So that really helps. JL JL's just super reliable. That, that's her strength is that she's a reliable player. She had a little trouble this I thought this past weekend just connecting behind the setter with Haley Bush, and that's one thing the next couple of days we'll be working on mm-hmm. a lot is is running the slide with a little bit more rhythm and tempo and improve that connection, and then also making sure that Grace is feeling comfortable with the ball is going to be for her so she can be uh, the type of player that we know she is. Grace continues to be maybe the least talked about first-team All-American returning uh, this season. There's so many options on the team, and mm-hmm. she just kind of uh, at times goes goes quietly unassuming through a match, it seems, and, you know, she'll have her moments of explosion, but is that something you want to see more of out of her? Yeah, I mean, at, you know, Grace is a very humble person, yeah. you know, um, Humility is a big part of who she is, which is why everybody loves her, and that's why I love her. Uh, but when she gets on the floor, I want her to take on a little bit different, um, I guess, mentality, personality, uh, where where she wants to dominate the match because um, she's a pleaser, and and sometimes because she she wants the best for this program and to please people, that you know she she'll put a lot of pressure on herself and. She's she's past that point where that that mm-hmm. should be happening. I mean, she she needs to be you know to use an expression. She needs to be the badass, and uh, and she is. But she has to know that in her heart and in her mind, and go out and make those things happen. Because there's not that much. As you mentioned, there's so many players around her. She just has to to, to do her job, and if she does her job, that's going to make it easier for everybody else. But we, you know, once we get you know. Cook playing with confidence, which she was was exceptional in she this was, match against yes. Kentucky. Emma Ellis came off the bench and hit nearly 300 uh, the, the Friday before. And then Chin was the person that we thought was the best of the three after three weeks of practice. So we're going to be fine in that spot. We're going to be good on the left side. We're going to be really good in the middle, a, a big step up in the middle. And our ball control is off the chart right mm-hmm. now. So let's just go bomb balls. Let's just t- see the ball, hit the ball. 
Don't is, overthink uh, it. Yeah, is, is uh, the way I would, would uh, instruct that operation. Love it. Let's take a look uh, quickly at, at through through the first week. What's uh, what's the landscape look like? I know there were a few upsets. A lot of great matches this past weekend. A lot of teams are really scheduling tough. Uh, I think that they've tried to analyze the RPI and, and, and figure out that you, know, you have to be willing to take some lumps uh, to play really, really good competition because even if you do get beat by, for example, Minnesota lost to Baylor, that's not going to hurt Minnesota. No. Baylor is going to win 25 matches, so it's not going to be – anything significant and you know Minnesota I think Huma Ketchen has been a leader in trying to schedule really really tough this season Kentucky has done a, a similar thing and you look at our schedule it's it's too early to say how good some of these teams are, are going to be because you never know we've, we've played that game before and lost yeah where we thought we had a great schedule and it didn't turn out that way because you never know until the, the final bell rings but uh, a lot of good matches I thought Wisconsin showed very well in their wins over TCU on on Friday and then uh, just really punched Baylor right in the mouth. They beat Baylor in the second set, 25 to seven, and uh, Baylor is a top 10 program. So uh, now B Baylor did come back after that and and won the set three, uh, mostly because I think everybody's still thinking from Wisconsin about the the set before. Uh, but I thought Wisconsin was super impressive, and I thought Minnesota was good. Ohio State beating Washington, the number four ranked team in the country. Um, in uh, Value City Arena at Ohio State was a very big win for them. Uh, Pittsburgh won big matches. They'll move up in the in the rankings as will Ohio State. Penn State was, I thought was a, was an upset. Georgia Tech's a really really good team. They are, yeah. Um, and uh, Penn State has some new players. They have a couple three transfers that are trying to work their way into the lineup. And everybody, I think, thought that was going to happen. You know, with a blink of an eye, and it may take a little bit of time for that transition to to take place so uh the big 10 i think though did really really, really well the first weekend uh, lost very few matches even even played against good competition i thought the big the big 10 did made good representation of themselves it's a good point that you make that uh you know we've seen this like you said starting to happen more in volleyball we've seen some basketball programs do it where you schedule hard early to you know get a get a gauge for who you're hoping to play three months later you know, see where you stack yeah. up because you've also got a, plenty of time to make up for uh, what is not a bad loss in any regard, but things to, to learn and grow from. Yeah, the, the issue with that, though, Corey, is um, let's just take Michigan, who also, they pummeled uh, Florida State and LSU. Uh, and so they're going to jump from outside the rankings. I think I had them ranked in the top 20 somewhere because yeah. I thought their, their first weekend was really impressive. But... Let's say that Michigan's going to try to schedule super tough during the non-conference. And then they get into conference. Let's say that they schedule tough and they go five and five yeah. in non-conference. And then they get in the Big Ten, which is a meat grinder as we know it. And they, for whatever reason, they go nine and 11. Yeah. Because they're playing Minnesota and they're playing Wisconsin and Penn State and Nebraska and Illinois and ourselves and Ohio State and, and so forth. Yep. You've just played yourself out of the NCAA yeah, tournament. You can't get in if you're not 500 or better. So, so some teams in our league, a Wisconsin, who knows that they've got the talent, can schedule however, however they want to. But other people, you have to be, you have to understand. You still have to be 500 or better. And our league is so tough that you know you you got to make sure you're going to win. You have to know that you're going to go if you go 10 and 10, you're still going to get in the NCAA tournament. 
because if you can't get in the NCAA tournament, you can't win it. You can't <laughs> right. advance it. <laughs> that, that is the and point. And not getting in the NCAA tournament is a recipe for guys losing, you know, coaches losing their jobs. Right, right. Turning the page now, while you guys, a bit of a different travel schedule this week, you will leave Wednesday to head out to fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, mm-hmm. uh, for a pair of, uh, again, challenging matches with uh, UNLV and Washington State on the docket Thursday and Friday. Uh, how'd that trip come about, and, and what are you looking forward to uh, as the challenge out in the desert? Well, we were trying to find good competition, and UNLV uh, in a pandemic season went 13-1 and with their only loss in the NCAA tournament to Kentucky, the national champion. Mm-hmm. So they were 13-0 and before they saw uh, Kentucky. Not a lot of matches, um, but uh, the, the Mountain West Conference is decent conference. Colorado State was down last year. They sure. normally win that every year. Yep. But they were down last year, and Wyoming is always good. And I'm forgetting another team that is is is, is competitive in that league as well. But um, they're picked to win it this year. They have the player of the of the year in that conference coming back, but she did not play at BYU this last weekend. Okay. So, which makes it tough for us because yeah. we didn't see her play in those three matches, and now we don't know who do we prepare for the team, you know, with her or the team without her. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. But she's her name is uh, Mariana Hayden, um, and I watched her match against Kentucky, the one they lost, and she literally ripped Kentucky apart. Mm. Um, six foot, six foot half inch, just a beast of a player. And uh, so obviously the answer to that question is we have to prepare for her to play um, because if you don't and she does play, then you're you're in serious trouble emotionally and physically on the floor. So, but they're good. And uh, there's a new staff there that came in about three years ago. I've done a tremendous job of getting things turned around at UNLV. And Washington State lost a couple of tough ones this past weekend at South Carolina and to Pitt. And both those teams are top 25 teams. So that's not, those aren't embarrassing losses, but they're enough to, to probably move them outside the top 25 this week. Yet um, they're one of the more athletic teams in the country. And I watched them play in the NCAA tournament in the second round, and they, they, they played really tough and, and lost a, a close match. But they, they have athletes. They have high-level Pac-12 athletes on that team, and their coaching staff does a great job. So um, that will be uh, a tough weekend. You know, if we come back from that 4-0, then, you know, we really have to feel pretty good about the RPI situation at that point with, you know, two more weekends of non-conference to play. Mindset of the team is good right now. Still, uh, uh, one more week into this thing. I I think so. I you know I haven't seen them since uh, after that match, but I you know a lot of kids played that night, and and they understand that their role on this team to to deal with twenty one players and and everybody do the best they can to stay positive and help each other and be selfless is the is as important as anything. Mm -hmm. Being a great teammate is going to be the most important thing they can do this year. So uh, I, I think that. Knowing the character of our players, it will be fine. We'll be we'll, that, that will work out fine, um, and hopefully we'll continue to give you know separate people opportunities to, to play to uh, to show what they can do. Saw so Emma and Ava came in yesterday. We got the got a first real look at Meg Renner in game action. That was she did well. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Allie Horning. Yeah, I mean uh, you know you you have to fans have to understand that. Uh, Volleyball is different than some sports. Um, it's probably a little bit more like baseball, where um, you can't just f- 
freewheel it from a substitution standpoint. You're limited to how many you can have. And uh, so if you start to get to an end of a match and you thought, well, what a great opportunity to get some people in, and then the momentum changes, you may be stuck without being able to get the people who had played really well uh, and are more experienced players back into the match. So it's a catch-22 situation. You want to give people the opportunities. And, and, and here's the funny thing, though. Normally it's not the players that come into the match that aren't ready to play. It's that everyone else looks around and sees that you're making substitutions, and then they all of a sudden relax a little bit too much and yeah. think, oh, this is over because we're making substitutions. Coach is putting other new people into the game. And then they let down. Um, and so then the whole team starts to sometimes to tread water and, and you want to just finish matches. Sometimes you, I just think as a coach you're better off um, punching people in the mouth and getting it over with and dealing with the, you know, the players afterwards uh, the best you can. Last thing you want is to maybe drop a set that you didn't need to drop and mm -hmm. you know, people get down in the mouth for the wrong reason. Yeah. I'm going to get into this. Uh, you, you, if you decide we don't want this on air, I can cut it. <laughs> What went into the decision to uh, to throw the libero jersey on Horn on Friday night? Oh, um, that's simple. Those those two guys are, are playing at an extremely high level. Uh, we've had good liberos here in the past, but they are playing as good as any libero that we have ever had at Purdue, both of them. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, Mo played libero her sophomore year, and Jenna was a DS uh, last year because it was going to be potentially Jenna's senior season and final season at the time. Uh, I wanted to give her first right of refusal and, and let her play that position early. Our team was playing at a high level mm -hmm. uh, with her in there. She goes on to be the Big Ten Conference Defensive Player of the Year, so she certainly proved that she was worthy of that. And and because we were playing so well, we, we didn't give – I'm not sure Mo even got a chance to, to play the libero position so. last year. We just kind of went with the way things were going. and. We had a really good season. This year, um, before Jenny even came back, you know, made the decision to come back, I told her, I said, I said, we have to be willing to be selfless here. You know, this isn't going to work because we've got a lot of people, whether it's you or Caitlin, that people have been wanting those positions. They want to play. And you're going to have to be willing to give, give some things up. And, of course, she was first to say, Coach, whatever you need me to do, that's what I'm going to be here for. I mean, she's a wonderful, wonderful person. And so our plan right now is to kind of just rotate those uh, players for a while, um, Marissa Hornung and Jenna Otek in the libero spot. And I can do that because the players have great respect for both of them. Yep. And they both lead. And uh, so I, you know, we have to figure out at the end of the day, how are we best? Are we best with Jenna playing left back for six rotations and Marissa playing middle back for three or vice versa? Because they're two different positions. Mm -hmm. And one of them, you know, the funny thing is one of them might be better at middle back and that's why you play her the middle back spot, which opens the door for the other one to be a libero. Uh, you don't have to play your libero left back. You can play your libero anywhere in, in the backcourt. So at the end of the day, we want to put that person in there that's making our team the best. And it's just too early to tell right now who that is. It's, it's incorrect to say that they don't care. Because of course they do. They're mm -hmm. elite level players at a at a high level program. Yeah. Uh, of course they care. They just they know what's best for the team is is what matters. Which, like you said, makes them all all the better as yeah. as human beings and as as players on your team. Well, they recognize that there are things bigger than them in play here, and bigger than them is that this is a, a team has a chance to do something that we've never done here at Purdue, and they're selfless to begin with. They're great teammates 
right off the top. So that has not been an issue, and, and I think we're doing the right thing uh, right now. And at some point in time, we may narrow the field uh, and, and go with one, one lineup, but for right now, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Dave, good luck in Vegas. Hope you get uh, luckier than a lot of the folks that go out there. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll be able to tell people what goes on in Vegas uh, <laughs> with a couple of wins and report that back. We'll report right back right here next week on Dig City. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Enjoy your weekend.